Let me tell you a story, podcast number nine. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Call me Ishmael. It was the age of wisdom. Some years ago. It was the age of Never mind. It was a truth universally You don't know about me without you. Welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story with hosts Steve and Becky Lyle. Settle back into your seat, step onto your favorite fitness machine, or lace up your walking shoes, and enjoy stories from a variety of genres and authors. Hi, this is Steve. Hi, this is Becky. Welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story in our 2014 Christmas Eve podcast. We have a great Christmas poem for you today by Idaho writer B.D. Real. It's called Twas the Night. Twas the night of Christ's birth, and all through the land, the only noise to be heard was the bleeding of lambs. Shepherds that kept watch stood warm by the fire, longing for hope in a world so hopelessly dire. Not far away, Lord Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. God's precious answer to man's lifetime of woes. His mother, Mary, a virgin, lay nestled nearby, and Joseph, her husband, worked to keep them all dry. Unaware as they looked on the fragile babe in awe that in a lonely field, angels proclaimed the fulfillment of the law to frightened, dirty shepherds who kept watch through the night. Cherubs worshipped the God of glory and light. His heavy eyelids began to droop in newborn sleep. Then Jesus was startled awake by the bleeding of sheep. As Mary and Joseph looked on in surprise, shepherds approached God's only son with tears in their eyes. His hands, someday to be stained with our sin, were in tight little fists thrust under his chin. His eyes that beheld the world when it was new now glistened and sparkled a soft baby blue. He cried out in hunger for his mother to hear, and she tucked him in close as more shepherds drew near. This, they wondered, is the hope for all men? Then each one believed what the angel told them. Born to you this day and lying in a manger is Christ Jesus the Lord, your only true Savior. Having seen him that night, they hastened to spread good news to Bethlehem's people who slept in their beds. Mary held all this deep in her heart. When his life came to an end, she would think of this start. In a humble manger with a trough for a bed, a cross on Golgotha is where he'd be led. Hope for sinners would be hung there to die, but three days later would victoriously rise. Triumphant and whole, our Savior would then sit down beside God, ransom paid for the sin of all men. That's by B.D. Real, R-I-E-H-L. Thank you. That was beautiful. The whole, the entire Christmas story, not just the born in a manger part. I have a Christmas story that I wrote for a um, collection of short stories in a book called Passageways. I titled this particular story, Spirit of Christmas. Ah, Christmas Eve. Jack Wymore loosened his tie, kicked off his shoes, and settled into the couch cushions next to his wife. Carol snuggled close. The kids thought this night would never come. 
He wrapped his arms around her and rubbed his days in chin stubble over her soft auburn hair. Soothed by her nearness and the sound of logs crackling in the fireplace, he felt the tension of a long and hectic day begin to drain away. From the minute the store opened until it closed, the aisles had been jam-packed with last-minute shoppers who'd apparently left their Christmas joy at home. Seated on the floor in front of a fake tree dripping with tinsel, six-year-old Susie began their family's traditional Christmas Eve reading from the Gospel of Luke. She slid her chubby finger across the page in rhythm with her speech, reading one word at a time. In those days, Susie's older brother Bobby pounded the carpet with his fist. I can't believe you're letting her read, Mom. She reads so slow. We'll never get to open presents. Carol sat up. How many times have I told you not to exaggerate? Jack sighed. He should have known the tranquility wouldn't last. We just went to church. Bobby folded his arms. Isn't that enough religion for one night? Hush, so your sister can read. Bobby glowered at his mother but said nothing more. Susie bent over the Bible again. I lost my place. That's okay, you'll find it. Carol lifted two steaming mugs from the coffee table and handed one to Jack. He breathed in the rich aroma of the spiced cider before he raised the cup to his lips. As he sipped, he gazed beyond the glittering tree framed by their living room's picture window. Snowflakes shimmered around the street lamp that illuminated their snowy street, and lights twinkled on the roof of the house across the way. Like a scene from a Christmas card, knee-deep snow enveloped their neighborhood in silent solitude. Peace settled on Jack like a warm quilt. No phones, no cars. Even the neighbor's yapper was quiet. And, he chuckled to himself, his meddling mother-in-law's plane was grounded in Chicago. I found where I was, Susie said. Queer, queer in. Bobby's freckles flared. Just skip it and go to the next word. Bobby? Carol gave him a stern look and then smiled at Susie. That's Quirinius, sweetie. Jack glanced around from the living room to the dining room. For the first time, he noticed the elaborate decorations. Holly, mistletoe, bells and stars hung in the windows and doorways. Silver and gold garland wove between angels and snowmen on the fireplace mantel. And a red platter stacked with homemade goodies rested on the coffee table in front of him. He pulled Carol close and whispered in her ear, Nice work. She frowned. Huh? He swept his hand across the room. The decorations. She raised an eyebrow. They've been up since Thanksgiving. Shh, demanded Susie. And every, everyone. Jack set his mug down to reach for an obviously kid-decorated sugar cookie. Should have kept my mouth shut. Carol hated the long hours he put in during the holidays and how he kept the store open as late as possible on Christmas Eve. He bit into the cookie. She was especially ticked he'd missed the candlelight service at church. Again. But he chewed and swallowed. She doesn't, she doesn't mind the money. It was her idea to buy Bobby that ridiculously expensive. Nazareth. Susie stammered in her high voice, her head bent in concentration, and her blonde pigtails falling onto the Bible. Jack smiled at his determined little girl. She'd been so eager to read the Christmas story this year, despite Bobby's objections. Cut it out, Bobby, Carol had chided. I think it's sweet she wants to participate at such a young age. 
In response, Bobby stuck his finger in his mouth and made gagging noises. Jack watched his chunky son inch his largest gift from behind the tree, ready to rip as soon as his sister finished. Bobby had always chafed at the delay in opening gifts, no matter who read the scripture passage. Jack smiled a wry smile. Christmas, nothing like it. He picked up his cider to wash down the dry cookie. Bobby helped Susie pronounce Bethlehem. Come on, Suze, please don't go so slow. Carol shook a finger at him. This story is what Christmas is all about. You get your greedy little paws off that package and listen. Susie droned on. He belonged. Jack caressed his wife's shoulder. I wonder what Carol got me. She won't even let me touch that big blue package in the back. Maybe it's a... The doorbell rang. Jack jerked, spilling hot cider on himself, Carol, and the couch. He started to swear, but then clamped his teeth together. Who in the world? Carol jumped to her feet. Someone sure has nerve. Don't they know it's Christmas Eve? She dabbed at her slacks with a napkin. Setting his cup on the coffee table, Jack wiped his hands on his pants and stood. Carol grabbed his arm. You don't have to answer it. Might be a last-minute delivery. She arched her eyebrows. At this hour... I bet it's the paper boy, Susie declared, collecting. Yeah, Boozy, Bobby slipped his fingers under the fold at the end of the package. He just wants more of Mom's fudge. Shh, Carol put her fingers to her lips. He already collected for December. The bell rang again. Jack pulled his arm out of his wife's grasp and moved toward the entryway. For Pete's sake, she hissed, it's Christmas Eve. Whoever it is ought to know better than to interrupt our celebration. They'll go away. What if someone needs help or is having car trouble? It's cold out there. Jack? Her green eyes chilled to steel gray. You always think of everyone else but us. It's once a year too much to ask. This is our time. The kids will have a fit if they have to wait to open gifts while you're out playing mechanic again. As it is, we started late because you stayed at the store so long. Yeah, Bobby and Susie chorused. The bell rang again. Carol returned to his spot on the couch, but Jack remained standing. Susie found her place. Expecting a child. Bobby rotated the box and slid his finger through the other end of the wrapping. Tapping the couch cushion, Carol said, Sit down, Jack. They'll leave. I... It's okay. They'll understand. He started for the kitchen. Better find something to clean that spot before it dries. The doorbell rang again. Jack stood in the middle of the living room, looking from the entryway to Carol and back again. Dad, please, Bobby whined. Please sit down. Jack hesitated. Finally, he walked over to a chair and sat. Seated on the edge of the cushion, hands clasped between his knees, he stared at the entry. The fire sputtered and popped. And again, the bell chimed, even louder than before. At least that's how it sounded to Jack. Bobby swore. Carol glared at him. No more of that, young man. Susie continued. The time came for the baby. Jack got to his feet. I can't take it. Despite his family's groans, he opened the door. A hint of warmth and a spark of sunshine colored the breeze that blew through the screen door. He didn't know what the aroma was that accompanied the swirl of spring air, but it was better than anything he'd ever smelled before. Jack switched on the porch light and saw a solitary man wearing simple but warm clothing. The stranger smiled. Hello. 
Hello? Jack glanced toward the curb. That's right, no car. The man grinned. I'm Jesus Christ. I don't usually drive one. He lifted a gloved hand. I'd like to celebrate Christmas with your family this year. Jack recoiled. Jesus, impossible, absurd. Dad, hurry up. Jack gaped at the visitor, whose open gaze seemed to radiate love, compassion, joy, peace, mercy, truth, and so much more. He saw a depth in the man's eyes he knew he could never fathom. May I come in? The stranger's smile was warm and inviting. Jack heard Carol's voice. Close the door, Jack. You're letting in the cold. I, uh, well, you see, uh, we're right in the middle of reading the, uh, well, actually, your story in the Bible, and come on, Dad, we got to get this religion stuff over with. Jack grimaced. Maybe he's come to preach at us. Bobby will have a fit. No, Jesus said, I'm here to celebrate with you. He winked like you've never celebrated before. Well, I've, I've got to consider my son. You see, he's at that age. Jack cleared his throat. I mean, everything has to be, you know, cool. And my wife, she, Carol, she really wants just the family to be together tonight. It so rarely happens. Dad! I understand. Jesus stepped away but stopped and turned back. His eyes were filled with tender pain. I love you. I uh, love you too. Maybe, maybe next year would be a you know better time for you to visit. Maybe. Jesus descended the steps to trudge through a walkway buried in deep, heavy snow. Jack watched the bowed figure slog into a swirl of snowflakes, then disappear in the darkness. A terrible emptiness flooded his soul, and a shiver shook his body. He shoved the screen door open to call him back. But Carol was tugging at his arm. Good grief, Jack, you're going to give us all pneumonia. She pulled him inside the house, turned off the porch light, and closed the door behind them. What did that man want? Susie asked, once again bent over the Bible, and once again searching for her spot. Oh, Jack sighed. Not much. He was just hoping he could celebrate with us. Bobby snorted and loosened the final piece of tape. Carol rolled her eyes. Can you believe it? Christmas, no less. Here it is, Susie began to read again. Because there was no room. Down the street, around the corner, another doorbell rang. I love that. It's such a good story. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to read what Becky, what Becky has written. It's a Christmas letter, Light and Life, Christmas 2014. And uh, I'm not going to try to sound like she would. <laughs> so this holiday season, I've tried to focus on the words of Christmas carols rather than the hum or sing-along out of habit. Just to be clear, I mean lyrics with deeper connotation than those in Frosty the Snowman or Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Uh, now that she's a grandma, she finds the reindeer song offensive, she jokes. <laughs> I'm talking about words like, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Hail uh, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die. 
born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So many gifts, so many promises, so much scripture and hope in those few lines. Like every Christmas season, I'm struck by certain scriptures. This year, a quote from Jesus' mother Mary, after she became pregnant, has resonated within me. My soul praises the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. Luke 1. Many generations after Mary, I too can say, The Mighty One has done great things for me, and my family, and my friends. So many prayers answered, so much guidance, strength, and encouragement provided. Holy is His name. He has been uh, merciful to us. This Christmas, take a moment to glory, like Mary did, in the gift of Jesus. He is our Prince of Peace, Son of Righteousness, Light and Life, Healer and Savior born to raise our dead, dark souls, and to give us a second birth followed by everlasting life in His brilliant, loving presence. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah 9, 2. So that's what we have for you this Christmas Eve. Um, many thanks to BD Real for participating in our, bi- broad- our podcast today. You can learn more about her and her books at bdrealwordpress.com. That's B-D-R-I-E-H-L dot wordpress dot com. A couple of quotes and then we'll be gone. This one by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We have become, become so accustomed to the idea of love and of God's coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear that God's coming should arouse in us. We are indifferent to the message, taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it and forgetting the serious aspect that the God of the world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim to us. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for everyone who has a conscience. That's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. On another note, this one by Benny Hill. Roses are reddish, violets are bluish. If it weren't for Christmas, we'd all be Jewish. And that's it for this time. See you later and... From our household to yours. Merry Christmas! Thanks for listening. You can find more of Becky Lyles under the pen name Rebecca Carey Lyles. Her most recent novels, Winds of Wyoming and Winds of Freedom, have both won awards and made the Amazon bestselling list. Steve, well, he just really needs to get his stuff published. If you have comments or suggestions, send them to story at beckyliles.com. Tune in next week for more tall tales and fun fables at Let Me Tell You a Story.